Hey everybody, this is Daniel. Before we get the show started, I want to take the time to thank Mr. Steve Fielder for allowing me to be featured on the latest episode of Gone to the Dogs podcast on the Hound Podcast W Hunt and Supply Network. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet after this episode, go over there and check it out. And if you're just now joining us for the first time because you heard that episode, then there's no other place that coon hunting, creepy, and comedy come together. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. And the show starts in three, two, one. You're listening to Coon Hunting Confidentials on the Houndstooth Podcasting Network, where we explore anything and everything coon hunting and listen to coon hunting stories from across the nation that include cryptids, the paranormal, the unexplained, and a whole hell of crazy. I'm Daniel Felker, your host. Join me and my buddies, Dustin Faulkner and Ryan James, as we explore into the confidential side of coon hunting. Warning, some material may not be suitable for children. Dustin, could I interest you in a pickled quail egg? I got to dip in, man, or I would definitely take one. I know Ryan wants one. He's been bugging for one. They look delicious, man. I kind of gave up on them. <laughs> <laughs> I made a little trip all the way up to the gas station right up the road just to get these for us to have them here. I think Ryan. I can hear myself chew it. I think Ryan likes them. You can hear yourself chew it. We couldn't hear you chew it. They're good, <laughs> I though. I listen to somebody smacking. Yo, what's up, everybody? We want to welcome you to another episode of Coon Hunting Confidentials on the Houndstooth Podcasting Network. Yeah. I'm Daniel. I'm Ryan. I'm Dustin. I just sound stupid as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we do got a new review on Apple Podcast. Hey, Dustin, read that one for us. All right, this comes to us from Walks with Walkers. He says, many things go bump in the night, but until people get out there and find out for themselves, it's easy to eye roll. Coon hunters are already crazy. A sane person wouldn't follow a dog in the dark all night. As a third-generation coon hunter, I couldn't be happier to be insane. Keep it up, fellers. He's got his name right. Walks with walkers. He's just walking, walking, walking. <laughs> and walk. And turn around and walk back. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But we didn't treat coon and treat coon and treat coon. Oh, there's a possum. <laughs> Unless they get some kind of crazy thyroid problem. <laughs> We're just joshing about. Yeah, we just we just jiving y'all Walker Feller peoples. I got to bring something up, man. I don't know if I, I mean, put this on the podcast. No, I'm, I'm curious. I I, I'm curious. Is it just one breed that has a thyroid problem? It seems like you see it a lot of times. It's mostly Walker people talking about it. I can't say that it is, but there's also the most common breed in the woods hunting. You got to have well. some kind of excuse for that piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I don't know that I ever talked to anybody that hunts anything but walkers that said anything about a thyroid. But I'm sure they it happens in other breeds. I just think the walkers is so popular, maybe. it maybe comes up more. You're possibly right. I got something to bring up. Hold I on. just noticed. Has it got to do with thyroid? Mm-hmm. Well, hold on. It can wait. Stop. Let me, I mean, it's a numbers thing for me because we have chicken houses. My family has chicken houses, commercial and everybody's like, oh, they do this weird stuff to the chickens. That's how come you get a three-headed chicken. But no, when you raise over a million chickens in a year, 
the numbers of one in every two million, you're going to see one of them three-headed and three-legged and all I, them deformities. I, hold on, hold on, hold on. You've seen a three-headed chicken? Two-headed, excuse me. Two-headed, three-legged, yeah. I've seen a, uh, like a four-legged chicken or a three-legged yeah, chicken. I've seen it a four-legged one, too. It had another, another little leg out here. Yeah, I've seen a four-legged, a three-legged. Like you that one up, you know what I'm saying? You got another leg on there. Yeah, I mean, it's, y'all call them, though, don't you? Yeah, we call them sometimes. <laughs> they don't make it. I want one. But it don't happen often, but it happens within, like, the probability numbers that they put out there. But, like, the thyroids, I'm curious, uh, are other breeds talking about this stuff as much as the walker dogs? That is a good question. Have we stumbled up on something? I don't know. I have no idea. <sighs> it's just weird. What, what about a thyroid makes a dog start slick treeing? But... If you listen to the episode on Gone to the Dogs with Mr. Steve Fielder and myself. He was nervous. When you hear people say, man, I wish I would have said that, or I wish I would have said that, or I should have said that. Yeah, I I know what you mean, because after it's over with, I'm like, golly, I should have said this, I should have said that. So I'm pretty sure there's some things I'm going to have to address or, or expound upon or feel like I need to. Say, I just don't remember what all was said in that conversation because it was a long conversation. It was darn near pushing two hours. Dang, bro. I don't know how much is going to get edited out, if any will get edited out. I don't know because we're recording this a week before it is being released. So I'm pretty sure coming into episode, uh, the beginning of episode 10, there might be something I need to say. I don't know. Now I'm curious what Ryan had to say a minute ago. It's really nothing to do with coon hunting. What's it got to do with? Dustin's beard is a lot more curlier than what it normally is. Oh, I had to put a mask on at the doctor's office this morning in my my brace. Seasoned it. (laughs) 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 I have not seasoned it. (laughs) I did have to wash the wet at Cracker Barrel. I had to wash the syrup out of it before I come over here. You've been in Florida for a week, so I didn't know. (laughs) No. Yeah, Dustin's been down there and. Chilling out in Florida. The Sunshine State. Where'd y'all go? St. Augustine. Hey, speaking of sunshine, I seen a thing where if you let the sunshine on your testicles, <laughs> it increases testosterone by 200%. <laughs> I, I don't believe that's right. <laughs> I also saw that if you lay with your butthole up and, and, and sunbathe, <laughs> then it'll open your third eye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'll turn your brown eye red. <laughs> I'm about to say, can you imagine that sunburn on that song? Huh? <laughs> <Ow>! <laughs> oh man, y'all be y'all be looking at some weird stuff I on that on TikTok, <laughs> on TikTok. Hey, I believe it. Think about like ancient man. Like the liver king probably walks around his yard naked all the time. All he eats his liver and lives like a damn caveman. I bet you there's some truth to that. He probably. Let's all hang out and let the sun shine on there a few minutes a day. i just been sitting in the turkey woods, ass down. <laughs> <laughs> Had you killed Find one. me a good sunny spot and sprawl out. <laughs> Speaking of which, ain't neither one of y'all, y'all still ain't killed Hell no turkey. Hell no, I ain't killed no turkey. Nah. I ain't nah. been in a week. Like I say, I was in Florida all week. I ain't been in a week. After we, the last episode, we talked about the amount of people out there that was turkey hunting this year, and then Man, I ran of... into somebody that I um, actually it was the guy who used to be the pastor at the church, and I saw him in Whitmire one night. He'd been turkey hunting, and he was like, "Man, he was like, I have not seen so many people turkey hunting all around here." And he said, "I've been hunting out here for thirty years." 
I it's ridiculous. It's, I wonder why it's taking off so bad this year. It's cool to kill them on game management, bro. Hey, he said that place mm, where yeah, he camps hunt, out. That hunting public, man. Yeah, that YouTube public. killed it. Hey, um, YouTube killed it. He said there was a group of women that came in at the campground camping where he was at. And, like, they was in, like, a, a, a van. Kind of like a church van. He's like, there was a group of women that came in down there. Mushroom and, hunting. No, turkey hunting. Shit. I figured they was mushroom hunting. No, he said there was a group of women turkey hunters come in and camp down there. He said that camp where he was at, that was, cool. was full. Was full. I like been there. There was I don't I don't. He didn't tell me their age demographics. He just said it was it a don't much matter. Eighteen eighty, flying cripple crazy. <laughs> we gotta get back on task. Yeah, let's uh, get back on on task. Hey, you know I mentioned a while back about you know. Them self-inflicted wounds we had going through last coon hunting season or this past season with Echo and kind of had some setbacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think those are over with. I think I, I should go now. Like she wasn't, she'd tiptoe and take her time, go hunting there for the longest. Yeah, we back to normal. We back to normal. She right just needed to be set up just a little bit. You kind of slack your hunting off and give them a little more. So. Oh. Hunted at UKC hunt, won my cast on the early round there with plus points, and then we had that PKC hunt on that, that following Monday, and I won my cast on that one. So she looked good. Seeing as how we partners, I think you owe me half of that. Man, don't even go there. <laughs> don't even go there. <laughs> what? You mean to tell me, Dustin? That's go, a long story, dude. Go load the box. <laughs> That's a, my baby. Let's talk about impressive Kate. Went in the St. Jude's hunt in Tennessee. A plot dog, Dustin. Put a Woo! whooping on three walker dogs on the oh, final four cast. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she ain't like two years older. Oh, what? Hey, you don't see that airplane four. None of them other dogs calling out impressive Kate, though, do you? All you see is, all you see is airplane and cracking stuff and seeing who can big energy the most on each other on Facebook. It's a Facebook war. Well, let's talk about this conversation that uh, Dustin and I had with a coon hunter from Arkansas. He was referred to us by the another coon hunter from Arkansas that was on our podcast earlier. Mm-hmm. This guy's a lot older than him. So we got in touch with him. I called him, and he told me a little bit of his story. We didn't have time to really talk a whole lot, but he was like, you know, I, I can give you a little sample, and he told me a little bit of it, and oh, it it blew me away. I was like, man, I can't wait to talk to this guy and get this recorded. And come to find out, he had a, I mean, he had a lot to say. He had a lot to talk about. He had, he a, had a few know, stories. He had more yeah, than one. Yeah, definitely had more than one. He's a cool dude. Ryan's going to have to listen along with everybody else. Screws, guys. I'm going home. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan will hear Ryan will hear exactly what everybody, because I've already got that one edited, ready to go. Ryan will hear exactly what everybody else hears. And I'm going to give y'all a rating. A rating. And a review. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and you know, about the rating and reviews, if you're on Apple Podcast, give us a rating and review. I know some of the other people, like Billy Dwyer, he sent me a, um, he commented on our post on Facebook and I listen to everything on Spotify, too, so I know exactly what people mean. It's like, you know, I can't give you a rate nor a review. I'm not on Apple. But if you use Apple, 
Give us a rating. Give us a review because Apple is the biggest. Share us on Facebook. Yeah, share our episodes on Facebook. Uh, that would be a big help. Just share the episodes, put them out there, and hopefully around the coon hunting world that the Scare word will spread. But there's a lot of people that don't coon hunt that like our uh, podcast also. So I got a surprise for everybody at the end of it. And uh, y'all, <laughs> got are, you guys. y'all are going to love me for this one. Hey. He's looking at us kind of funny, man. We'll come right. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Tell me you got me as bride. Because <laughs> <laughs> now I want to see it. <laughs> hey, we'll be right back, man. We'll be right back. Hey, man, pass me one of them eggs. Let's talk coon hunting, coon dogs, and all that good stuff. All right, we can do that. I like that's something I like to do. We'll just talk coon hunting. How you got into it? What made you like Walker dogs? You know, anything you want to tell before we get into uh, the good stuff? And all right, I'll do that for you. I can give you a little rundown of of that before we get started on it. Well, I've been a coon hunting since for over forty years. I mean, I actually got started when I was eight, but I didn't do much hunting at that age. But I've been a serious, I'd say, three to four nights a week since I was about 12 years old. So I've got more than 40 years in as a coon hunter. That's impressive. And, uh, I've hunted and owned every breed of dog, uh, even, even the newest breed, the leopard hound. I even tried one of them. So I've uh, I've, all, I've mixed it up a little, but I do prefer Walker dogs. They seem to work better for me. What line within the Walker breed do you uh, do you like? Well, I, I I like the I always have good luck with the stuff that come out of Spray Creek Rock and uh, uh, banjo breeding, uh, some Kenny River Chief stuff and the older stuff. And I also like some of the Beaver Lake Lightning stuff and. Uh, Sweeties Diamonds, you know, it's old, old, old stock. Nowadays, it's more of a, a dog that I hunt in this modern day time and more of a what's up dog bread uh, with some bone collector and, uh, you know, maybe some Dahili uh, Dizzy. Some of them breed, breeds in, mixed in with it. I, I don't really breed, I don't go along with uh, too much line breeding. I kind of like to outcross a little. I got you. You know, you mentioned Spring Creek Rock. If I was able to hunt or go back with any dog in the past, Spring Creek Rock would be the one that I would want to go back and and see that dog go because I've heard so much about him. Well, I've never I never actually got to hunt with him, but I did have all springs that were out of him, and uh, I had a jeep that was out of him, uh, and uh, I took and bred her to the man's dog that was also out of him. And, the, you know, the litter pups are raised uh, out of that cross. I only made a couple crosses in all my hunting career. I never was one to really raise a lot of dogs. But, uh, I raised that cross because I know it would be a good one. And uh, I raised, I kept 10 male pups out of the litter. And uh, all 10 were coon dogs by the time they were seven months old. And I'm not talking about just treating a coon. I'm talking about coon treeers. Wow, that track whole, dogs and tree coons, all of them. 
Well, that whole litter was just nothing but males? I meant 10. That's uh, a big well, litter. Actually, now, let me just tell you the whole story. Actually, I hate to say this on broadcast, but the truth, the truth, we're going to speak it. Uh, the old jeep, she's a big old jeep. She weighed about 70 pounds. She had 21 pups. And I got rid of all the females, which was the biggest mistake I ever made in my lifetime. But I was just a young boy at the time, a young man at the time, and didn't really realize what I had. And uh, I, the male dogs were what was selling at the time. Nobody wanted the female. You couldn't hardly give them away. Uh, everybody wanted the male. So I just kept the males out of the litter and got rid of the females. That is a huge litter. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's two, uh, two, crazy. Um, two, um, a couple of them was born dead anyway, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah I, set up, I set up all night long without Jip having them pups. It is in the wintertime and uh, with a heat bulb in the, in the doghouse. And I part with her, and I'm not a dog person. I, I mean, I really ain't. Uh, I, I'm, I like a hunting dog. That's it. Okay, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know, it's weird you mention that. It's kind of looking at the evolution of how that's gone. It's kind of, I remember a time people wanted the males, but then there was a time where the female puppies would cost more than the male puppies. And then, you know, kind of how it is now is you pretty much going to pay the same well, for a puppy, male or female. There's no preference. But it's just kind of weird how all how that evolves throughout our, our hunting world and our preferences change over years and stuff like that. Yeah, it is very true. Well, to me, uh, I'm a firm believer that it all lies in the female uh, your strand of dog, I don't care what strand you're hunting, uh, your female is going to be the m- majority of what you have when you raise a litter. Raise a litter. I mean, I'm a firm believer the female is where it comes from. But I don't, I prefer, I prefer hunting males and full of males, so I usually keep males. But that's, you know, that's just the way I see it. I understand. Well, um, do you have, have you had any, uh, let's say, like, really good dog that you want to, like talk about or anything like that? What What's the best dog you ever had? Well, I've got one that I use as a measuring stick. That's the one I was telling you about had so many puppies. That's that's my that's my measuring stick. And uh, I've owned a lot of good dogs since, and I've had a lot of good dogs, and I've had some that I compete with anybody anywhere. But uh, she was the measuring stick. Uh, she was a cold-nosed dog, too cold-nosed for me nowadays. I, I wouldn't want one that cold-nosed. Uh, but she was a cold nose coon career. And uh, she'd pick tracks up and uh, and work them. And I'm not talking about standing on her head. I'm saying open every 200 yards and five minutes be a quarter and maybe a half a mile away, get it up and run it on in there and tree it. And when she went to run the track, then the other dogs would join in. But they didn't even know what she was after for the first five or ten minutes. It just sounded uh, like a good one. She was. She was a good dog. And she'd strike out of the truck going down the highway at 60 mile an hour and treat you a coon just to just drop the tailgate. Do you rig a lot? I know your buddy that, that interviewed, but he mentioned rigging. Do you like to rig a lot? Well, I've, I've, been, I've been blessed to have a dog that will do that. I, I, I like to turn them loose, at, but now I do want one that will strike off the truck. Uh, that dog I was talking about, she started it off for me doing it. And I've managed to have one ever since up until now. I don't have anything, but up until now, I've always had one that would do that. So I kind of tend to teach them to do it. I don't, they're not no teaching them. They one got it or they don't. Uh, 
but I'm pretty good about picking out ones that will have it just by the way they act when they start. Yes, sir. But yeah, I like a dog that's striking out the truck. Uh, it does come in handy, you know. Uh, I had another dog a few years ago that I really liked. He was out of he was out of that uh, what's up dog what's up spot breeding, mm-hmm. and he he was a really nice hand. I copped his hunt him a little bit. One about it, one most of them. I, I got beat a time or two on my own, own mistakes, you might say. But anyway, he he was a pretty good winner, and uh, he was striking out the truck. And uh, I'll tell you about one of the hunts just a little bit about it. I drawed out of his domain, drawed out some boys, and they were big time hunters and had some really nice dogs. And uh, we was driving turn loose, and I had one struck and treed within thirty seconds. And we went to the tree. Actually, five was up. We went to the tree and seen that coon. I cut loose again and treated again within a minute. We after the five on that tree, we seen that coon. They called time out. We moved. You know, I wanted to move, and uh, we was going down the road and started pulling in a spot. And mine struck out of the back of the truck because I had him on the back of the truck, and uh, I knew which way he was going to go. Of course, you know, I'm cop this hunter. I ain't there to be your buddy. I'm back there to win. And anyway, <laughs> I I sent the dog the other direction. I know which way mine was going to go, and I cut him loose anyway. But I sent the rest of them, the other two dogs, to the right, and mine were all around the left and struck the tree before they got out of sight. But, you know, that's the kind of way the hunt went, you know. I think I ended up scoring 650, and the closest thing to me was 425. So you still competition hunt a good bit? Uh, I, I like to. I'm not really able to really get in there and hunt hard like a lot of these guys do. I can't hardly keep up anymore. They won't wait on me. I'm kind of getting slow. But uh, I do do a little bit. I I, I would go tomorrow night if I had the right dog. Let's <laughs> put it that you. way. I got you. What are you, um, what's big in your area? PKC or UKC? Or is there a mixture of the two? Well, uh, PKC pretty well took over. Uh, there's still UKC hunts going on. I'm not a I'm a PKC hunter myself now. Uh, I prefer it better. Uh, I used started out in UKC hunt, and you know I I went to the qualifying hunt a couple of years ago and qualified a dog UKC hunt, and then, I don't know I just never did go on the weather with it. But uh, I'm just more of a PKC hunter. I like either one. I mean, I I, I like UKC. I like PKC. I don't understand why PKC is going back and forth on all this stuff. I don't know. It seems I, don't, I don't either. It was working fine ten years ago, or so. What's why change it? But that's my opinion. You know, my opinion. I, I don't like the leash lock. I really don't. But it is what it is, man. It, if that's the rules they want to go with and and keep the leash locked and whatever. To me, my opinion. I think that only benefits a babbling dog. Instead of yep. a, uh, instead of a coon treer, but I'm gonna hunt either one, man. I'm gonna hunt either one. It don't matter to me. If I've got a dog I like, I I, I don't. It don't matter. I won't go to all. Of it. I mean, I'll go to India. I'll go to UKC hunt. You know, all those things about the PKC hunt that, uh, that I like, I do like that uh countdown on the tree. Yes, uh, that part I like. I mean, you know, that kind of takes away from some of the me me tooish dogs that's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like UKC lowered that their tree their time down to three minutes. Yeah, but that, that, it's hard for my me too dogs got to be right there me too and within them three minutes if they gonna get even though if they gonna get in on that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that that's them. I, I mean, I haven't got to hunt in. A, I ain't went to UKC hunt since they changed that rule of that, but that's bound to be a plus. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. I like the, the tournament of champions things. I'm going to try to get qualified and go whether it happens or not. I don't know, but we're going to shoot for it. Well, I think that'd be a good thing. I mean, I've been reading about it, you know, and uh, talking to people about it and this, that, the other night. And that does sound good. Like, they're trying to do something better, you know, to me, to improve on it. Yes, sir. Well, let's get into these stories. I mean, I've been waiting since last week because you kind of, you kind of, um, you got him excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind (laughs) of, like, you know, gave me a little bit of a taste of what's in store. And, well, no, we don't, I I don't know if I'll be real honest with you or not. It might scare you out of coon hunting. You might plum quit. Negative. No, sir. That'd be awful. (laughs) No, it is. I will give you a little rundown on some of these hunts. I've had a few experiences over the years. Actually, I've been at it a long time. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll start off with a, I guess probably what, what I would say was the most unusual hunt I was ever on. And at this time, I was only thirteen year old. Uh, that area somewhere might have been twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I just got started really, and uh, I went out and stayed all night with my uncle. And went hunting with him and a couple more fellas. And uh, we'd hunted this spot a time or two to the past, you know, before I'd went out there and went with him a time or two. We'd went to this place. It was a, we called it an easy drop. Uh, we drove up to a little gate and uh, we just send the dogs out of the gate. They cross about a 15 or 20 acre field, hit a patch of timber, and, you know, go tree a coon. And we'd done it, like I say, a few times. And uh, the strangest thing that night was uh, we drove up to the gate. We got the dogs out. I didn't have a dog. I was just a spectator. And uh, they had three dogs. They walked them up the fence. They started sticking out of the gate. And all three dogs wouldn't go out of the gate. they just whining and the hairs up on the back of their neck. And just uh, I, I was just standing there taking it all in, looking at them. What in the world wrong? And uh, they tried to get them to go. They wouldn't go. Well, we opened the gate up. I did. I just went in and opened the gate up. Well, you just send them under it. But since the dogs wouldn't want to go, I opened the gate up. We just started leading them across the field. They pulled them back against them and not want to go. And there's all, you know, I'll be honest about that. There's a cussing in there and wanting to kick some dogs. And, and about that time, we heard a an unusual sound, uh, more of a jibber-jabber sound. We just stopped. And uh, it was coming from the middle of the field. The only tree in the field was a big red oak. And it was standing out in the middle of the field. And it was a, uh, I couldn't, I can't speak that kind of language. I call it a jibber jabber. And it was doing that. And of course, we all was watching, looking. Everybody just kind of stopped and was looking that way. And and one of the fellows there, he was kind of ornery and kind of mean old boy and pretty good sized feller. He said, I want to go over there and see what's going on. And he started to make a step or two, and it said as plain as I can speak, get back. And we all heard that. I mean, there wasn't no, we, that was plain enough we know what that was saying. And, uh, well, we started another step or two, he did, and it said it again. Well, my uncle, he spoke to him and said, we might just go back to the house and get a gun and come back and see what's going on. And, of course, we, you know, he didn't say it real loud, but said it to him. And he just turned and started back. And when he turned and started back, it gave off a laughter. <laughs> I can understand that. Of course, I was scared to death. I was already past the gate, going through the gate by the time they got there. I was ready to get in the truck and get out of there. 
And uh, so we did. We got the truck and we left. We went home, which was about probably four miles away. He went in and got his 22, come back out, and we went back up there. And I really wouldn't go there, and I told him we had a lot of good places to go coon hunting. Boy, we can go coon hunting some other place, but uh, the one fellow, not Mr. Name, he was determined to go back and see what was out there. So we went back, and we walked up the gate, got the dogs out of the truck, just like we did the first time, walked up there and cut them, and they went across the field. We went out in the field, and we shined that tree. We looked around for wires, for microphones, for all kinds of things, and we found nothing. Uh, that's pretty strange. That is strange. <clears throat> now, that, what do you think I heard that night? Do you have any idea what you think that might have been? Well, the jibber-jabber and the chatter kind of reminds me of the Sierra sounds associated with Sasquatch. The telling you to get out from there, that blows my mind. And the laughter, uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I, honestly, I don't know. It, I, I'm at a loss. Dustin, what Can you, I, I'll tell you what I what my what I've always thought it was. I mean, I can't. I have no way to prove this. No way of saying it for sure. It's just a thought in my own mind. Uh, you ever watch scary movies? No, sir. I try not like, to. Like, like The Exorcist or any of them kind of movie. Well, I have a few over the years. I've watched a few of them. At that time, I hadn't, but I have since then. And a uh, a demonic spirit of some kind. Maybe was what it was. I really don't know. I, I, I to this day, I don't know. I don't either. I don't have. I'm. I don't know. I'm gonna have to put some research into this one. Dustin's over there trying not, to, <laughs> trying not to sneeze. Pollen's pretty bad this year. That's a. I I would be afraid to even try to venture a guess at what it was, man. It's. It's one of them things that it just go down in to me as a mystery that's unexplained. Well, it was it was pretty strange. Uh, oh, absolutely. Not, I, I can't even I can't even tell it like it really was. I mean, uh, the sound it made was so unusual. I don't I don't really know of anything that I could say that sounded quite like that. Uh, I mean, I've heard. Uh, Languages that were similar to it, but not exactly. It, it was really a strange sound. Uh, it wasn't a talking, but it was like it was talking. Uh, it, was, it was a strange. It was really a strange sound. Have you ever listened to the Sierra sounds? No, I've, I've been aiming to go out and, and re, research that and listen to it, but I hadn't got a chance yet. Yes, sir. If you get a chance, listen to those and see if it's anything similar to what that sounded like. Because that's like the chatter. It's kind of creepy. It's very creepy sounding. Well, this was very creepy. I will have to admit it was very, very creepy. I mean, I can't, I can't tell it like it really was, you know. Uh, How loud when when y'all heard that voice? Was it loud? Oh yes, yes, yes. It was. It sounded like it was coming from that tree in the middle of that field. That's how, it, how close it is. I mean, the tree was probably 100 foot. Well, y'all, 
are y'all in an area? Are y'all still considered the Ozarks? Oh uh, yeah, I, we live in I, I, we live in the Northwest Arkansas uh, area. I live actually about two miles from the Buffalo River. I'm not real familiar with how what area is actually considered the Ozark region. I just I know that the Ozarks, the the people that went out there, most of the time came from um, the Appalachian Mountain Range and kind of migrated from the Appalachians into the Ozarks. And a lot of times it was a it's a mixture of Irish, German, and Cherokee. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of that mixed in together. So that's that's a pretty well that's a pretty good description. Yeah, uh, Tennessee come from Tennessee. A lot of a lot of folks come from Tennessee, and then uh, you know uh, over in you know Kentucky too. I'm sure. Yes, sir. But yeah, Irish and uh, you know, Cherokee is a pretty good cross. I mean, that's uh, there's a lot of people that's got that in their bloodline in this part of the country. Yes, sir. I've kind of been looking into and listening to some of that stuff between the. Appalachian lore that rolls over into the Ozark folklore. And it's kind of like one of the things that really blew my mind that I didn't realize is when you start taking the Irish people and their folklore from their native country, it almost it matched up with what the Cherokee folklore had with like what the Irish would call fairies and the Cherokee would call the little people and the mounds and the mountains and stuff like that, it's kind of like, what were the, what were the odds that their folklore kind of matched up and resembled each other? And I think that's why they were so easily to merge together because there were so many similarities in their spiritual folklore almost. Does that make sense? Could be. I don't, I, I never thought about it that way, but it could be. It was, it was just kind of like, you know, um, you might be familiar with it. It's like they call it like hoodoo or granny magic or mountain magic or stuff like that. It's kind of like people that can talk warts off or talk to burn, talk the fire out of a burn and stuff like that. Do y'all have anything like that in y'all's region? Well, I guess I, I, I not really that I know of. I, I do know an old man that that uh. That could, could remove a wart from because I removed one from my hand. Uh, when I was a kid, about 10 year old, I had a big old wart on the palm of my hand. And every time I got to do anything, it bleed, break over and bleed. And as a older gentleman that lived there in the neighborhood, and he seen me one day with it and see it bleeding. He said, I'll tell you how to fix that, son. I said, well, how's that? He said, take you a copper penny and rub that wart with that copper penny. Get blood all over that penny. He said, you walk down that fence road, you find your corner post. You like that? penny at the bottom of that corner post he said someday when you forget what post it was forget all about it he said that war will leave your hand and uh i don't have no work on my hands nowhere can i but tell when you I forgot where that, when i forgot where that post was i looked out of my hand i was thinking one day where, not, where was that at and i was walking through there and i couldn't remember where it was and i, I looked at my hand and there was no work so I guess they are some folklore <laughs> in this part of the country. I'll tell you a story about this real quick, and I'll try to make it quick because, um, well, my buddy Ryan, he had the same thing happen with him when he was a kid. But when I was a kid, I had warts all over my knees and some on my hands. 
And my granddad called th- this guy. I have no idea who the guy is or who he was. But I talked to him on the phone. Well, he was like, do you want those warts gone? And I'm like, yes, sir. And he was like, well, I really need, he said, I need you to believe that they can go away. He said, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to take a potato and rub that potato all over them warts. And then take that potato and put it somewhere and forget where you put it. And he's like, then they'll go away. So I took that potato and I did that. And I didn't know where to put it that I would forget it. So I just hurled it down through a gully that I where I would never find it again. I would never know where it went to. I just hurled it through that gully. And within about a week to two weeks, every wart I had on my body was gone. Well, that's kind of basically the same thing. Just done. I use a copper penny and use a potato. Pretty much. I mean, so this is, I don't know. But that just, that was a side note. That's just like a little nugget for everybody out there listening. Yeah. Um, but just seems like that stuff is was prevalent. And, and really, honestly, there seems to be a resurgence in the younger mountain folk that are trying to get back to those traditions. And the scary thing about, about all that is the level of witchcraft that the newer generation is bringing into that. Yeah, that's that's a scary thought. Uh, yeah, and there is there is such thing as witchcraft that, that does go on. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit more about coon hunting. We talked about. Oh, that's it. That's a, that's a like plan. <laughs> uh, we'd just like to hear. Uh, I, I got a story about a creature. I'll just call it an unknown thing. I want to hear any story you got. Well, this this. <laughs> Well, this is an actual creature. Uh, uh, I'll tell you what I think it was, but I really couldn't tell you. But it was really strange. I'll just tell you how the hunt went, and then you can make his own mind of what you think it might be. And I'll describe it to you. Uh, me and my father-in-law were hunting, and I was hunting that dog that I was telling you about, the measuring, the measuring stick. And she was a young dog. And uh, we was turned loose in some mountains. And... Uh, we turned we turned the dogs loose. My dog is struck a tra- cold trail and was working down a big canyon. And I heard a strange barking. It sounded like a bark. It wasn't really a bark, like a hound bark or a cur dog bark, but it was kind of something in between. Yipping, a yipping sound. I'll just call it a yipping sound. And I told my father, I said, I think there's something running my dog. Maybe it's another dog. Got in behind her trying to catch up. And that's what I thought. And the wind got to blowing, I mean, just really high. You couldn't hear anything. So we got the truck, drove down the road a little ways, and got out listening and couldn't hear nothing. So we eased ourselves back up the road, and we stopped and got out and was listening. And my father-in-law, he walked out there just a little ways out the edge of the woods there. And was standing there and uh, listening, and I was standing there by the truck. And I heard a growl, like a growling-like sound. Uh, I don't sound like a dog growling at you. How a dog would be kind of muffled, but it was a growl. And I told my father, I said, you better get the truck. There's a dog or something or a wolf or something fixing to eat you, son. He said, no. I said, listen. He heard it. He said, yeah, I hear something. He eased back the truck. We got the truck. We're sitting there. And, you know, we could hear it out there in the woods. It's going back and forth. 
making a kind of low tone growling, muffled growling sound. And uh, I kind of thought it was no angry dog somebody had turned loose. They went wild. Uh, we was within, they were in a house within 20 miles where we was at. Uh, we was in the natural forest. And we got the truck and drove down, cut the truck, drove down the road and listened for the dogs again. And we stopped a time or two and didn't hear them. We turned around, went back to where we turned out the dogs loose, that thing they come back. And before we got there, my father-in-law's dog was coming down the road in a dead run. And I just stopped the truck. That dog run around behind the truck, jumped up, hit the tailgate, fell off on the ground, jumped back up, hit the tailgate, fell off the ground. I dropped the tailgate, hit jumped to the dog dog door, hit the dog door with the box. Finally, we got the box open. It run to the back of the box and with this hair up on its back, it was scared to death. I told my father, I said, hey, something's got your dog shook up. And uh, we shut the tailgate up and drove on up the road just a little piece. And there, standing in the middle of the road where we'd turn the dog loose, it stood. And uh, in the front, its front quarters was probably as tall as a big blue tick hand stand, probably a 75 pound hand in the front quarters is standing up that high. And it had a kind of a, had a head, not real wide, but about the size of a normal hand head. But its ears were short, and at the time they were peeing back. From its head to half of its body had real long, bushy hair, like a collie dog. Its back quarter was real short to the ground, might have been 15 inches off the ground, the top of it. And for half of its body, the back half of its body was as slick as a red bone hound. Up its tail was slick, up until the very tip. And at the tip of its tail was, was hairy again, had long hair. But the front shoulders was real high. It had a swayed back. His back was at level. It was swayed down, you know, at an angle, almost a 90-degree angle coming down through there. That's how it was built. And I could see it in my head like the truck just as plain as day standing there. And I didn't know what it was. I had no idea what it was. And I reached down and got my 22 out of the seat. And I was going to step out and kill whatever it was. And when I stepped out, it ran off. And I seen it leave the road. Uh, Later on in life, what do you think that might have been at first? Then I'll tell you what I thought it was. The back end squatted down like that just kind of reminds me of a hyena, but the whole physical feature description don't sound doesn't remind me of a hyena, but the the back end squatted down like that sounds the hyena is the only thing, the first thing that comes to my mind, but we don't have hyenas in South in not South Carolina. We don't have hyenas in North America. Well, that's what I thought, too. Uh, well, I'll just tell you, I was watching Natural Geographic a few years later, and this is several years later, and uh, the laughing hyena, they had, they had them on there, you know, showing the laughing hyenas out there in Africa, wherever they was, and I was watching it on TV, and I saw my wife, I said, hey, right there is exactly what I saw up there on the mountain. That's it, right there. And she thought I was crazy, but she, she know, uh, Said, well, it might, I don't know how it could have been, but now that's what I thought I saw. I mean, that's exactly what I thought. Well, I talked to a feller about five years ago. Now, this is being back 30 years ago when, when I saw this. And I was talking to a friend of mine about five years ago. We were just sitting around talking about a coon hunt. And uh, 
I don't know, we got on the subject of seeing strange things, strange animals, you know, just talking. And he said, well, I would tell you something, but he said, you probably think I was crazy. He said, I wasn't a coon hunting, he said, but I was a sane digging. And he told me where he was sane digging that, and I and that was where I was at. He said a few years, he said it's been several years ago, because he's talking back, you know, back in time. He said, I saw two laughing hyenas. I said, that's what they was? He said, that's what they look like. I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and told him, I said, well, I think I saw them there, too. Did, did they have stripes on them? It was dark, and I couldn't really tell you the color of it. Like I said, the lights are shining on I could see it pretty good, but I couldn't see really to tell if it had stripes or not. It was just, uh, it was it was, all, it was kind of a rusty brown-looking color. I, I would call it that color. But I didn't pay, I, I really didn't pay attention to see it. I just, I just seen it. And just for just for a thought. Now I've talked like it stood there a long time. It wasn't standing there that long. I mean, just long enough I could reach down, get the gun and step out and go, you know. Uh, just a short time. It it definitely sounds like a hyena, like maybe got loose from a zoo or somebody's private collection. You know how rich folks are about collecting stuff that other people can't get their hands on. But it, it yeah, definitely sounds it like a hyena from your description to me. Well, that's, that's uh, like I say, I was watching TV several years later and, and seen one on TV, but I thought, you know, that's what I saw right there. I mean, that's the closest thing that I can say, and it might not have been that. It might have been something else. Uh, who knows? Uh, but that's just what it looked like, you know, appeared to be. Yes, sir. But it was, whatever it was, it was mean, because it, it, was, it was growling. I mean, you know, I could hear the growling, before, you know, out in the woods. It was that right there where we was in the woods at. It just stepped out the road while we was gone was coming down you know in the road when we got back up there man that's we you know it your description it sounds like we're sitting here looking at these pictures of hyenas and spotted hyenas and striped hyenas ard wolf i forgot i don't even mean it's a couple different varieties but it's like how in the world did something like that and you said that guy saw two of them he said he saw two now i, I know not that we see this growling I heard a squeaky, uh, uh, something making like a yipping sound way on down the canyon where my dog was trailing at before the wind came up. And then it, it wasn't no time that we heard that growling out there beside us. So whatever it was in the canyon didn't have time to get back up where we was at. You know, so they bound to be in two different things there. Whether it's the same thing, I don't know. But he said he saw two. And he's, he, was, he, he was honest about it. I mean, he wasn't telling me just to tell the just you know, just old friends sitting around talking before we went hunting. And he just tells me about seeing them one day. Dustin, have we ever had hyenas in North America? Have you ever heard of, like, you know, with Dale Lee or anybody of them seeing anything like that? No, nothing I've ever seen said anything about hyenas. You know, um, there was this place in uh, Virginia, and they were having some kind of creature. Actually, Steve Fielder was telling me about this. They had a, a creature that was getting farm animals and it was killing them and and things like that and they called in the lee brothers to come and track them i don't think dale lee made it on that trip but if you're i don't know if you're familiar with the lee brothers and they were like a guiding service and as far as like big game lions jaguars bobcats bears all of that stuff and these people in Virginia, they called the Lee brothers in, and they eventually got on something, and they killed something. They think they killed a coyote. 
they thought it was a coyote, but I don't necessarily think that it was a coyote doing the damage that was being done. I think whatever it was had probably already left the area, maybe, and a coyote took the rap. Yeah, a coyote took the rap. Well, you know, boys, the government won't tell us everything that's going on, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And that's, just like, that's, just, that's just like a game of fish in, our, in the state I live in. Uh, we always known they were black panthers and mountain lions, and uh, they've always said, no, they're no such thing. No, they're no such thing. No, they're no black panthers. Uh, I know for a fact they are. Uh, I, another coon hunting story I can tell you about involves a black panther. Matter of fact, I've seen them more than once. Uh, I was a hunting close to where I lived at, and uh, my dog had one treat. And as I walked into the tree and shined up there, I seen it come down and jump off. And it was as black as black, a long black tail. And uh, I saw it in my own eyes. And, uh, but according to the government, we don't have black panthers. True. That's what they say. But we do. But we do. And uh, several years later, I was hunting on my uncle's place in a... He had his dozing some land off and building, making some fields and things, and been cutting the timber off of it. And I was coon hunting as he's cleared it up. And I was up there, and, and a dog had treated the dozer dick. And I walked in there and was looking over the hill, and uh, where the dozer dick was, and I was standing there above it, and I saw three young uh, cats. Two were black, and one was yellow. And I can see them as plain as day. They was about probably three or four months old. And uh, I figured those one was the dozer dick. The dog had bait. Anyway, I had a shocker on the dog, and I shocked it out of there. And, and uh, come to me, and I left. Uh, my uncle said, why didn't you shoot the the cats out of the tree? The mountain lion. And I said, well, i tell you why. I said, because right across the other side of them was your herd of cows. <laughs> I didn't want to shoot across there. And I wasn't going to go down there where the mount, the mommy was because I didn't want to come down there and get me. <laughs> and run that thing. And so anyway, they're still there. <laughs> so what do you think? Do you think they're uh, like a melanistic jaguar? No, they're just what they are. What, I, what most people call them is, I would just call them a mountain lion. But uh, sometimes they're black. Sometimes they're yellow. You know, uh, and but to me, they're just a mountain lion. Uh, they're called, some people call them black panthers because they're black. But to me, I think like they're just a mountain lion. Y'all have a lot of mountain lion in your area? No, no, not a lot. Uh, you, 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 I, well, I've been hunting a long time, and like I say, I've only seen a couple in a lot of years hunting. I got you. Uh, my uncle, he the, he lived right there above where I seen that mat that night where my dog treated that dad. And, uh, and uh, he always told me when I was a kid growing up, he said, they'll come out here and jump on the car hood and squall like an old woman, sound like an old woman screaming. Our kid a cried. He said, and, and uh, he told me that story all my life. But I didn't believe it. I honestly did not believe what he said. I mean, I thought his foot. <laughs> and, uh, but that night, I, I become a believer because I saw it in my own eyes. And the kid, was, the, kid, the kid that was with me, that was his last coon hunting trip. <laughs> <laughs> he, he never went hunting again. <laughs> I broke in from that habit. <laughs> Well, um, heck, I was about to ask you a question. I forgot what it was. It was about them black cats. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Did you did you ever hear them make that baby noise? 
Uh, well, yeah, I, I heard that sound when I uh, later on, uh, not not after this had happened. I was at my uncle's house one time and was raising some puppies out of a beagle dog he had, and she just had puppies. And we went down that afternoon, and me and my dad did, and uh, we was looking at puppies. And we sat around there after dark visiting, and uh, about I don't know, it was a little after dark. I stepped out on the porch and I heard, I heard, I heard one. And I asked him, I said, is that what you're talking about? He said, yeah, I'll hold up. Are you here? And I said, yeah, I've done it again. He said, yeah, that's it. He said, that's what it is. And it sounded like a, kind of like a kid crying out real loud, like in pain. But the first time I ever heard of that, it was about, um, it was, there's a book I read several years ago called Spirit of the Rainforest. And it was about these missionaries that went into uh, the rainforest. Golly, I can't even remember what country it is now. But it was deep, and it was with the the Yanomamo tribes deep in the Amazon. And mm-hmm. in that book, it was talking about, you know, these guys were helping them. The Indian people, the natives, were helping them through the jungles and stuff. And he was taught, be telling them about the different noises that the jaguars made. And it would be like the baby's crying, or a jaguar can mimic the sound of a turkey. And I thought that was crazy that they could do make those noises as part of a part of their like hunting tactics. Oh yeah, I, I'd say that's so. When we was when I was a kid up here, I we had bobcats more prevalent back then. I could hear them across from my house when I sleep with the window open, and they some would sound like a woman screaming her head off, and others would sound like a baby crying. It's just it's wild what them song guns can make their make sounds that sound like mm-hmm. well you got um you got any more coon hunting stories that are like creepy funny well I don't, i've got one that i hate to really tell but i guess i could share it with you because it is I, I don't want you thinking i'm scared to death of dark or afraid because i really am not i'm not a <laughs> i'm not afraid of nothing no, so I, uh, I, I don't very, think that. i'm very uh I'm, I, I'm just not afraid of nothing i mean nothing spooks me uh but i have another story about a Coon hunt I was on the deal that happened on that night. It's kind of, kind of different. Uh, I guess I'll share it with you. And, and but anyway, I just I was hunting this night with. A, Man, we have sit here and just about ate this whole jar of pickled quail eggs by listening to that story. And I didn't even get to hear the next story. So we left left a little cliffhanger to be continued. I hope I didn't make everybody too mad by doing that. You think everybody be mad, Dustin? Eh, aggravated, not mad. You know, in the South, we just get aggravated. Well, that's good. Maybe they'll want. Maybe they want to <laughs> tune into episode ten just to hear. I got to get me one of these pickled eggs. Man. I was plum pissed it. off. <laughs> They'd be plum aggravated. You gonna be all right? Yeah. <clears throat> Choking on an egg over there. It's got a little bit of twang to it. You're digging around them peppers down there at the bottom. <laughs> <of> the <world. laughs> that's what you did. You yeah, got them, you one of them peppers. Them old red pepper flakes down there. I don't do hot. I am not one of those people that love hot stuff. I, you like hot stuff, Ryan? Mm, yeah, to a certain degree. Do you to like a, hot to a degree? I don't want it to be so hot it burn your mouth. That's just uncomfortable. But I like to have some heat to it. Good heat. 
Big burn your mouth as long as it don't burn your honey hole. <laughs> I don't want it to burn twice. Ooh, hate to have to take some pebbles in the bathroom with you so you can splash water up. Get that Alabama wet wipe. <laughs> <laughs> Spit on it. <laughs> Man, them were some good. We got to get some quail. Let's talk about the stories. Man, I don't know what to think. I've thought about this, about the something telling them to back up out there by that big redwood. Start off with, it's hard for me to imagine the size of a redwood. He said a red oak, probably. Oh, he said a red oak? Yeah, red yeah. oak. Just old red oak. Okay. I was thinking about a redwood. No, not, not like them out there in California. I was like, I, I didn't think they had them in Arkansas. Mm. <laughs> red oak. No, they don't got them in Arkansas. Uh-uh. So he <laughs> you big dumbass. So, <laughs> if that's what he's seen, though, he might have been. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said he said red oak. Now, I was thinking red wood the whole time. I've done edited that the whole time. All of this, and <laughs> I've been thinking red wood the whole time. <laughs> like, damn, thinking, what, like, there was just one big ass red wood out there. It's <laughs> <laughs> like all by its lonesome, man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt it's special. <laughs> <laughs> but what does that remind you of? We like, talked about this earlier. Like the what? fey people, like the little people, I guess. The moon eye people. That's kind of the fey people. Or the movie it? Trolls. I don't know if the movie... If the, <laughs> <laughs> the movie Trolls. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Trolls. Reminds me of I've watched Trolls, but I just didn't ever think about it. <laughs> I think that movie, Trolls are ecstasy in that movie, if you pay their attention. <laughs> <laughs> they just got to eat them so much they feel good. And when you eat one, it's like, what? <laughs> I've never really watched it. You need to. There's a good movie. <laughs> they sing, man. I've I've watched bits and pieces of it because um, Ava's like watched it. them a bunch, but I hadn't. I've, I've seen just, it numerous times. I can quote it. <laughs> I no, I, I, I can't do that one. I can quote it now. <laughs> I can quote Bruno. Moana. We can we can, can do quote Moana. it too. I like it too. Yeah, I've watched Moana. Yeah, I like Moana. It, but that story, it just reminds me of. I, I really don't know the chitter, the 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 uh, chatter, the, That's the fairy people, up, man. It does the little people, not little it, people. It man. does. It does go back into you know. It, there's a reason why you'll see a lot of big fields with one tree out in the middle of it is because those belong to the fairy people. So it's, it's like. Timers, like and if the old timers thought it, boo, and they, the a lot it. of them pay tribute. It's because one of them doesn't see no damn fairy people. Dustin's reaching in for another pickled egg, pickled quail egg. Man, they good. Armadillo nuts. <laughs> <laughs> there is a dish called armadillo balls that are pretty good. It's like sausage wrapped in bacon with, with another layer of sauce with a jalapeno. Yeah. They call them armadillo balls. They good, boy. You lost me at jalapeno. Jalapeno. It, jalapeno. A jalapeno. But it does it like <clears throat> older people would pay tribute to the people of the I don't know because I haven't been around it. This is just stuff that is is that I'm just like information that I have inquired in the last couple of weeks about all of this folklore and the Irish Cherokee and their thoughts and and beliefs. The Cherokee believed in the Moon Eye people. people. So they have the little people. They had the little people in the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, mountain Mountains. Appalachian. Appalachian Mountains. Appalachian. Appalachian Mountains. And 
Then you have the Irish people coming in that have their fairies and their leprechauns and little people that live in the fairy mounds. Dude, you don't think that some of their little people come over here and got I, with some of them little people? I think they're the same. And them little people, f- <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they were. I, I think it's the same thing, both continents. They both interacted. The they just they intermingled so well together. It just remind. It, that's just there's some spiritual aspect to this fairy because if you get into really like old fairy, get put the Disney crap out of your head when it comes to the fairies, and you look at old fairy stories, it almost sounds identical to a UFO abduction today. Are you saying? That fairies are little bitty aliens. Are aliens? I think they're the same. I think Bigfoot is too, man. I think they're the same species of some some aspect, and they're very closely. Bigfoot is closely associated with them too. They probably get their weed from him. <laughs> <laughs> you mean they don't get them from like the skunk ape, bro? Hell yeah, they get that skunk. I thought they got them from like well, it smells like it. the Keebler elves. No, that's where they get the edibles. But where do the Keebler elves live? In the tree, In the man. tree, bro. And they make such good cookies. One tree. How do you think all our grandmas are going to make good I'm pretty sure there might be some people that hear this, but there's Irish traditions. It's like if you chop something down, you chop that tree down, well, you offended the the fey people or the little people or the it makes me feel bad because because i've probably offended this well, year it would just be it's, it could just be a certain one it could be that one that that was theirs or, or just weird folklore that goes into stuff I'm, i ain't gonna necessarily call it weird it's strange but I never really knew that there was a reason why some people would leave one big, huge tree in the middle of a great big old field. That is strange. What about the hyena? The hyena. Yeah, there's possibly a hyena or a mangled up coyote. All stooped up. What was that you was telling us earlier? Oh, I was watching an episode of Monster Quest on the TV. I watched it this morning, and it was talking about this mutant dog up in like Maine and Michigan and when people described it it basically sounded like a hyena and they done this big research on it and of course it didn't turn I've seen some pretty mucked up looking dogs you know yeah like backside the mill hill over there on Pump House Road, so it's more mangy dog but cow dog and you know you always you always hear about like wild dogs like back in in the 90s and early 2000s they talk about them wild dogs well, according to the scientists, like feral dogs can't actually catch and kill their food. They end up living at like a garbage dump or around like a campsite and still having to eat human yeah. waste, basically. They can't actually hunt and kill for themselves like coyotes and wolves can. It was pretty interesting. Have you ever looked into the South Carolina wild dogs that we got? We got wild dogs. Yeah. yeah. But these can catch and kill. Mm. But this was talking about I think like by now these have been bred out with coyotes. Feral. These like, dogs was like what the Indians had and some Spaniards had yeah, brought the, over here. The South Carolina dog. Yeah, the dingo dog. Or, the Carolina dog. Yes, yeah, Carolina dog. That's it. The Carolina dog. But they still dogs? some nims domesticated though. Yeah, there's a lot of them domesticated. I yeah. found like some puppies for like three. They don't know run wild. I think they're supposed to be some running loose. 
But I bet you they done all bred up with coyotes now. Yeah, they probably they full blooded ones. I bet they like coy dogs. Yeah. But they in the low state. They was on, they was discovered in like they wouldn't discovered that long ago, dude. Man, you talk about the doggone Spaniards coming over Sunday. They ate them Indians dogs like they wasn't nothing, dude. Like them them conquistadors and all that I was reading a book on it, boy. They eat they eat the Indians dogs and then feed the Indians to their war dogs that they brought over here, boy. Them conquistadors was was savages, son. Yeah, did you read about the war dog? Yeah. Did you ever read about I can't remember his name, but they was one yeah, he was that like was famous. famous. Yeah. And he had a weird name. And it was like in the fifteen hundreds, the f- the first known writing about him, he was already sporting battle scars, and that was they was like trying to figure out how old he was when he died. Uh, it, but so they was estimated he was already at least two years old then, because they said yeah. he was already sporting battle well, scars. Well, it was him, and then his son went on to be famous too. One of his offsprings too, and it was a, it was a Spanish mastiff. It was war dogs that the Spanish used. Yeah, they. They used them to pretty much decimate the native tribes, man. It was yeah, it was savage, boy. If you read on it, it was crazy. But then, I mean, we looked it up, and they was hyenas in North America at one time, man. At one time there was, and there's, I, I think there's still I, I, some type of hybrid falls. I mean, hybrid, some type of hyena falls in the category of a cryptid in North America because there's. Um, several people that have reported seeing hyenas or what and, they thought to be hyenas. I guess what makes it a cryptid because it's supposed to be extinct, right? Yeah. Maybe it ain't. Or non-existent or unknown is like just you, you don't know it's cryptid. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. What about the Black Panthers? They saw Black Panthers? Yeah. I agree with him. I don't I don't necessarily think that they're jaguar, a jaguar. I think it could be like a mountain lion because they look more like a mountain lion than a jaguar to me. Well, they they have one of them on the Monster Quest episode after the hyena episode, man. <laughs> so I watched it too this morning. And they did have a film of one in Arkansas. If I yeah, it was in Arkansas in this man's backyard. He took a video of this cat, this black cat. And then he went out there as scale and walked the same path that the cat walked. And the scale image, after they done the video stuff on it to figure out the size of things, he was like 36 inches from his, because he's been over from the butt to his top of his head. That man was 36 inches. And from the base of its tail to the head of that cat was pretty much 25 inches. That's way bigger than any house cat can get. I mean, a house cat don't get but about from tail to from the from the base of the tail, not the tip of the tail. From the base of the tail to the tip of the nose to the tip of the nose, not including the tail, because the tail wasn't straight out in the image. So that's two foot and one inch, two foot and one inch long cat. And then, and according to him, according to him, the average house cat ranges to be about like fourteen inches from base of his. Tail to the top of its head. Oh, dude! You get up on that microphone. You gonna do some talking? I can't even believe I ain't told y'all this yet. Speaking of all this, left my house this morning at like seven fifteen. Take my boys to school. Mm -hmm. It was raining and stuff. Yeah, it's pouring. Coming down the road, dude. Past Hunter Webb's house is on the left, and there's like this little gap, probably 
big from here to the road out there between his house and the next one, and it's wooded. And it's a lot right there. Yeah. A monster bobcat run out in front of me. It scared the shit out of me because it was just like, like, and it run up through the thicket across the road. But it was, it was a big one. It was not a small one. It was pretty good size. Hmm. I've never seen one in the daytime. And it was raining. I don't know. It just seemed strange. I was a deer hunting. Must be in his thing. home territory, though. Man, I've been thinking about that bobcat that dude was talking about in that crock pot last episode. With some potatoes. I just thought about a leg, like that. they quartered that leg mm, up or something no, in the crock pot with some potatoes and some onions. Do it like a pot roast. Yeah, yeah. Potatoes and some carrots. Some I thought about this one. I thought about it like, boy, it'd be nice to have a, a little litter of plop dogs in there about seven, eight months You just old. ruined it when you said plop. Oh, you talking about taking them and going and jumping them on that dump? I could have backed up. Could have run the boys to school, come back and dump the box, cause that sounds more like a beagle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, puppies, man! Puppies seven eight months old. That's bad when a beagle's louder than the plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all! <laughs> From now on, don't ask me and mine for nothing. Criticize, criticize, <laughs> criticize. <laughs> Go ahead and eat this last one, Daniel. Oh. I may as well knock it out last one. That's morning. right. Ain't no point leaving one in the jar. Save that jar, bro. We're going to have to get a couple of them little quail for us. We? <laughs> nah, save that jar and then take a couple of eggs from Eastern stuff in it. You got any? Yeah, I ate two of them for lunch today. I'll stuff you about five, six of them in that jar. And put you them got to heat the juice back up, though, so really? that it'll impenetrate. Yeah, if you don't heat the juice back up, it really won't do nothing for the new eggs. You got to heat it back up a little bit so it'll oh. go into the egg. Well, heat your juice up, bro. That's a trick I learned, too. So we got something going on that could possibly be fake. If anybody got anything that they think that could possibly, that they have or got a good idea of what that could have been at that tree that told them to back up and made this weird noise or giggle or ha, 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 ha. This is Grandpa Elf. <laughs> what that could be. Let me know, because I don't know. I say possibly Faye. And then we got this story that is going to be in episode 10. You're going to pour it on in episode 10. I mean, he's got some good stories in the next day. We had another good conversation. I don't want to give it away, but oh, how much should I say? Nothing. Just leave it out there. It was a great conversation. Well, we done ate all these pickled eggs. Sorry, we done ate all these pickled quail eggs from Manchester Farms out of, where are they located? Mm-hmm. Pomeria. New England. Pomeria. <laughs> Pomeria. <laughs> I don't know. It's Manchester Farms out of uh, Columbia. Their address is Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, snap. See, I was pretty close with Pomeria. you telling me there's a damn quail farm in the state of South Carolina somewhere? That's just yeah, they got a up? website, manchesterfarms.com. Look them up. I'm looking them up now. Let's talk about it. Hey, is this going to be, are these pickled eggs going to be our uh, petty jean bologna? Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> if you ain't eating these damn Manchester farm pickled eggs and shining your trees with a <laughs> coon light, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> want to give a shout out to Onyx. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all keep them dogs in the woods and happy hunting, y'all. And y'all come back now, you hear? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Coon Hunting Confidentials on the Houndstooth Podcasting Network. 
if you want to get in touch with me, my email address is htpodinfo at gmail.com. That is h-t-p-o-d-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you with all your coon hunting stories that include the creepy crazy and the unexplained. Until next time, keep them dogs in the woods and happy hunting, y'all.